2: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the DFS OG's podcast right here on Roto-Grinders. And hopefully I have my normal voice back. I wanted to try a voice changer last week, see how it went. So we went; it was either Bane or I had a damn dart in my neck from old school. But regardless, back here, feeling much better. I am Chris Geerbaker's fan, Prince. joined us always by my fellow OG's, Derek, you know him as victorious. Mr. Kaplan, you know him as head chopper. Voice. Week three, you you want to talk about a twilight zone week? I mean that that as soon as we think you know something about these teams, these games, the NFL flips the script on you. So, shop. Let's get started with you. Hopefully, you survived the madness in week three. How'd it go?
3: I in fact did not survive the madness. I you could use my poor one out on my on my uh, weekly on my DFS lineups last week. I mean, I just nothing went right. You're I mean everything. I. I I can't even put it into words, but let's just sum it up with the fact that I don't think I've ever seen a more unlikely outcome in an NFL game than the Vikings scoring a last fourth quarter touchdown just to salvage not being shut out and blown out at home by the Buffalo Bills, who I think are the worst team in the league by a wide margin. Like, that's how awful that week was and just how upside down. Yeah, I did not survive that week at all, man. I'm, (laughs) I'm running on fumes.
2: Here's how much I know. I I predicted Buffalo not even a score in that game, let alone to go in and win the game. And and if you play that game 100 times, Buffalo's going to win, what, two, three times in that series? So just unbelievable. So, yeah, I'm with you, Chop. My pouring out is the entire week. Just, Just pour the whole damn thing out and move on to week four. But let's hope Derek did a little better. Derek, week three, any better than Chop and I.
4: Oh, I wish I had better news, but uh, mine was probably even worse. Uh, I went all in on three players, uh, Blake Bortles, Antonio Brown, and the Vikings defense. Um, yeah, safe to say that was pretty bad. I knew I had too much Blake Bortles. I was looking for that $100 on DraftKings to get up to Matt Ryan. Couldn't find it. Only ended up being a 40-point swing or so. Uh, so, yeah, my week was very bad as well. And that can be my pouring out. It can be your pouring out. Uh, maybe our listeners can pour one out for us as well.
2: There we go. We're all pouring it out for week three, and that's the beauty of daily fantasy football as we get to move on to week four. We get to do it starting with Thursday night football, and speaking of those Vikings there, now they go to L.A. to take on the Rams, who have been a juggernaut, as we'd expect. So is this a bounce-back spot? Can Minnesota get it going here? We know the Rams probably missing their top two outside quarterbacks. I think this could be a sneaky spot for Thielen and Diggs, even though it's a one-game slate. How are you attacking Vikings and Rams?
4: Yeah, so Vikings got to be hoping that Dalvin Cook's back in the mix. They couldn't get anything going on the ground against the Bills of all teams last week. So uh, hoping Dalvin Cook's going to be back. Uh, I definitely have more interest in the passing game. You mentioned uh, the two corners being out in Talib and Peters. I think that's a big boost uh, to Thielen and Diggs. I think you can play both of them. But the Vikings' offensive line uh, is definitely banged up right now. They did not look good last week, and now they're going to have to face Aaron Donald and, uh, you know, the Rams' pass rush. So I actually like the Rams' uh, defense quite a bit in this one, and this uh, short slate here. I also think you can maybe look at, uh, you know, some kicker action if you're playing uh, in the showdown contest. And then on the other side of the ball, it's just the usual suspects. I mean, Jared Goff's looked really good this year. He's got three elite uh, receivers And Cooks, who uh, is a deep-field threat, Robert Woods, was everyone's favorite air yards bounce-back candidate last week. And uh, he ended up having the big game. Then you have Cooper Club working out of the slot. So it'll be interesting to see who Xavier Rhodes shadows. Uh, If we get word on that, you probably want to target the other two. And uh, obviously, uh, we got to like Todd Gurley here. Big total. Once again, I know the Vikings defense is uh, pretty good, but um, this Rams offense looks unstoppable right now.
2: All right, chop Thursday night, one point one 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 million dollars at stake on DraftKings. So, one hundred thirty thousand people. How do we beat that many people in this slate?
3: I think we start off by fading Todd Gurley, and it's oh! just a, well, it's just a matter of strategy, you know. I, it's I, so I, I do that. I do a show every week with Tony, and we talk about the showdown, the showdown slates, and we always, you know. You can't play everybody in this game. You got to pick a, a strategy and you got to roll with it. and You just got to hope that the way you see the game playing out is, is the proper way and there's the way it unfolds. And that's the way you go with. So to me, if I'm going to get Todd Gurley in this game and he's going to be, because it's a showdown slate, he could be 70, 80% owned. He's the number one back here. You know, it's probably the number one offensive weapon in this game. So if he's that highly owned, I'll have a little faith in the Vikings defense, you know, coming out and, uh, and shutting him down and hope that that's the way it plays out. So that would, in, in turn, get me on to the pass catchers here for the Rams, which I'm fine with. I think Brandon Cook's a very, very solid option. He's, he's very versatile. And on the flip side, Minnesota, I'm all, I'd be all in this week on Thielen Diggs. The only thing that ever really holds those guys back is that uh, up until last week, the defense has been so good. They don't get into shootouts. When they did get into a shootout with Green Bay, those guys all put up big numbers. So I would think the Rams offense can hang here and put up some offense themselves, meaning that Healin and Diggs will go crazy with Cousins as their quarterback. So I'm all in on the passing game, basically, on this game.
2: Yeah, agreed. And there's not a ton of value in this game, but Laquan Treadwell does stand out as a guy that that's cheap, three thousand. You know, you're gonna need a cheap guy or two if you're gonna roster all these studs in this game. So wanted to throw him out there, been getting Decent targets, not a ton, but he's out there, and I think the Vikings are going to bounce back. So just a cheap guy to add to what you guys said. All right, let's move on to the main slate on Sunday. Again, Millionaire Maker now down to $10. So if you like to build a lot, a lot of lineups, you can double it up here in the Millionaire Maker on DraftKings. But let's get started with the games. Chop, we'll start with you. First game, Jets and Jags. I mean, two teams, the Jaguars at home put up a dud and lose to Tennessee. 9-6, and the Jets, they don't get it done in Cleveland. So two teams kind of licking their wounds, kind of like we are coming off of week three. Which team bounces back here in week four?
3: Yeah, the Jaguars, that's another one we can add to the list from last week. That's a total shocker. I don't know how Tennessee, who doesn't look good at all, just looks really terrible, to be honest with you. Somehow they've scraped together a couple of wins the last two weeks against teams that I didn't think they had a chance of beating especially in Jacksonville, and they've done it with a, Blaine, with a Blaine Gabbard in one game and the next game with a quarterback who can't even feel his hand anymore. He's all numb in the fingertips. I mean, it's, it's crazy. But, yeah, Jacksonville really collapsed in that game. But I would expect him to really light up the rookie here. So I'm, I really like the Jacksonville defense. I had a lot of I – didn't, I didn't go with a lot of Blake Bortles last week, but I did go with a lot of Keelan Cole and some D.D. Westbrook because I guess I was on the same train as Derek. Uh, thinking that they would exploit the the passing game there. I'll go back to Keelan Cole again here. I think he's the better wide receiver of the three or four of these guys they got there. So uh, I'd go back there, and it's about my limit on Jacksonville, Cole, and the defense. On the flip side, the Jets, I probably don't want any piece of these guys at all.
2: Yeah, it's real tough to get excited about any of the Jets here. I think Jacksonville running backs, Derek, uh, something that we could look at, maybe pairing them, with the Jags defense so any insight as the Homer Jags fan here Fournette and Yeldon both listed as day-to-day do you think either of those guys are back and are you interested here this week against the Jets
4: I kind of expect Fournette to be back he was close to returning last week against the Titans didn't end up suiting up so uh, hopefully he's back they definitely need him you know, everyone was saying uh, the splits without Fournette were so good. Uh, what happened last week? So, uh, I definitely think they need him back. I do like the defense for just the Jaguars. Say his
3: name. Just say his name, Derek. It was Evan Silva who led us on that. <laughs> Evan Silva did it to us.
4: Calling him out. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this is an ugly game. Not going to have a ton of exposure. Both of these defenses have played well. The Jets are actually ranked second uh, in DVOA overall through the first two weeks. We don't have the numbers through the first three weeks just yet, but – not a lot to like here. Don't really want to target any of these pass catchers against the Jags' defense. Uh, they still got a split committee uh, at their running back when it comes to Powell and Corwell. So not a lot to like here. Don't mind the Keelan and Cole, uh, you know, picked by chop. I think he is going to be their number one. Still ended up with nine targets last week. Uh, had eight the week before. So I do think Keelan and Cole is interesting. And then uh, maybe Fournette and the Jags'
2: defense. All right, let's move on to the next game with the first place. In the AFC East, Eric. the Miami Dolphins taking on the 1-2 New England Patriots. So a lot of people are out here on Twitter, and they're writing off the Patriots, and they did not look good on Sunday night. I'll give you that. Did not look – it's almost like the team's flipped. The Lions were the Patriots, and the Patriots were the Lions. The old uh, Ace Ventura reference there, uh, Finkel is Einhorn, Einhorn is Finkel. But now we're back here at home against Miami, who's played some good ball. What happens? Does New England bounce back? Are we interested in daily? Do we expect these guys to be lower owned coming off that dud? How are you breaking down Dolphins and Patriots?
4: Yeah, I got to think the Patriots are going to bounce back. I think they started two and two last year and everyone was all worried and then they uh, you know, only lost one or two games until they got to the Super Bowl. So uh, I certainly don't uh, have any concerns when it comes to the Patriots, at least not offensively. I think they bounce back here. Uh, Tom Brady, Certainly viable, although uh, the Dolphins' past defense has been pretty good. They have a very good young corner in Xavier and Howard. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he shadows anybody. Uh, if he does, it could open up uh, Gronkowski in the middle. So I like Gronk a little bit. Sonny Michelle is interesting. He ended up getting 14 uh, carries against the Lions and uh, a target. Sounds like Rex Burkhead's a little banged up. James White's always going to be the receiving back in this offense. So I do think there are some interesting plays from the Patriots. But as always, you just never know which one of them is going to show up. So probably only tournament plays in my eyes. And then the Dolphins, if they're playing from behind, got to think Tannehill's is going to be interesting, averaging 20 fantasy points per game in the first three. Uh, he's going to be airing it out uh, against a very beatable Patriots uh, defense. So I like Tannehill, maybe even in cash games at 5,500 on DraftKings. You can certainly pair him up uh, with any of his receivers now that uh, Devontae Parker's back. He's only 3,500 this week on uh, DraftKings. So uh, some interesting spots here for sure.
2: Yeah, and, and Vegas, the books, whatever you want to call it, are definitely expecting Miami to be playing from behind. You know, New England about a seven-point favorite at home. So, Chop, where do you come out on this one? Can, can Miami possibly go to 4-0? and After what we saw last week, anything's possible, but uh, does New England right the ship here against the Dolphins?
3: Oh, that's a tough one. Yeah, definitely New England at home should be able to get the win here. That's not a uh, that's not going out on the limb. I uh, Miami starting off with them. I think I think I could run out there some some naked Ryan Ryan Tannehill. I think that that I don't mind the Tannehill call. I think he's all right. Uh, but then I when I look at the receivers to pair him with, I mean all I see is that they try to they're trying to get everybody involved. Like I love the way they use Albert Wilson. Got him doing all kinds of different things, you know, trick passes and stuff like that. But, I mean, the guy saw two targets. <laughs> he took advantage of everything by getting in the end zone and doing what he did, but he saw two targets. So, you know, Jakeem Grant was on reverses and things like that, but that's three targets. Stills was their number one guy with five targets. I don't want to invest in a five-target guy as your number one, but I like Ryan Tannehill. So I think it's a scenario where you could run him out there on his own. And uh, I was I was in on Kenyon Drake last week against Oakland. I will hard pass on that going forward until they show me that they're willing to get him some touches here. Although in a game with New England where they are playing from behind, I would imagine he's the guy who's uh, more likely to come out there and be the pass-catching back than Frank Gore. So maybe Kenyon Kenyon Drake. Maybe, okay, maybe I'll get back on him this week. (laughs) He suckered me in already. But uh, New England is the interesting one. Uh, First off, I'll, I'll fade Josh Gordon until he shows me he has, you know, any semblance of knowing a playbook and can run more than two or three plays. So I'll fade Josh Gordon until then. But uh, if Gordon is active, I would love to fire up Chris Hogan because it would actually give Hogan a little bit of breathing room, which he doesn't have right now as the number one guy. Uh, Gronk is always a big threat. And, uh, you know, the backfield was interesting with Michelle getting all those carries. And uh, I'm a little bit surprised at that. But it's Belichick. So I I, uh, have learned my lesson that just because Michelle gets the bulk of the carries one week, the next week, you can be prepared for the the exact opposite to happen. So (laughs) I won't be taking Michelle this week. and. If I took any of these running backs, I would probably take a look at James White.
2: All right. The inner child of me won't let this die. So, Chop, you you mentioned Tannehill. You mentioned naked Tannehill. Are you smashing naked (laughs) Tannehill?
3: I'm definitely not smashing him. I'm definitely not smashing him. But, you know, I I wouldn't mind, you know, just a a sprinkling of some naked Tannehill across my $10 – Multi-millionaire lineups. There
2: you go. That was exquisite, Chop. Let's move on. Philadelphia <laughs> and Tennessee. So, Chop, will get started with you. Philly pulls out the win last week. Tennessee goes in. We talked about it. It was ugly, but they got the win in Jacksonville. Can they possibly do it again here, again against a very good
3: Philadelphia team? Uh, mm, that's a tough one. I I, w- I want to say no. I just think that Tennessee's living on borrowed time until Mariota can get healthy. Uh, And, you know, the offensive line can get healthy all the way. Uh, So I think they've kind of – I give credit to the uh, new coaching staff. They've called some really gutsy play calls the last couple weeks, and it's paid off with actual victories in games. So, you know, crazy stuff right there that happens. But otherwise, this offense is a pass for me against this Eagles defense, which is going to come in – I would imagine they're a little bit upset after being so, you know, letting – Indianapolis hang with them so long they they didn't look great but they look good enough so I'm I'm okay with fading Tennessee here Mariota doesn't look good I, I don't know there's just something about them that just doesn't look right right now like they're just living on borrowed time so I'm gonna pass on Tennessee and on the flip side I was really disappointed in what Carson Wentz did in his return he was he just I can't I can't imagine that uh that Indianapolis defense is that much better than we thought it was that it make Wentz look really bad but he didn't get Ertz involved. He didn't. I mean, he for sure didn't get Nelson Aguilar involved. Just pour some more out for my lineups there with Aguilar. But uh, so I would imagine he bounces back here against a secondary that I think they can take advantage of. So I'll go back to Nelson Aguilar here in the PPR format and Zach Ertz across both sites and uh, and hopefully that's a pretty good pairing this week. The backfield is definitely something I can avoid.
2: So I want to ask both you guys this because it's something I want to dig into as well. But there were rumors Jordan Matthews back. He's a slot receiver. We know that. We know Nelson Aguilar was a breakout as a slot receiver. Chop, we'll stay with you here, and then we'll get to Derek in a second. Any concerns about, you know, Aguilar playing more outside and it's not the position that he kind of broke out in? Is there any concern there for you moving forward?
3: Yes, 100% there's concern. If he can't put together a good week this week, then, and and we look at the stats afterwards, and it's showing that he's not playing the slot. I'll 100% bail on that until the time comes when he can play the slot again because there's a reason why this guy was so bad that first year playing the outside. You know, he had hands like bricks. You know, hands were made of bricks out there. So, I don't – maybe he's just a guy who's like – Baseball, some guys have all this talent, and, but they're just best left as relievers. You know, they can actually harness the talent from the reliever role instead of the starter role. Maybe Aguilar is just a talented guy who can only harness it in the slot and is just not made for the outside. So if he can't put up a good game this week, I would definitely be concerned.
2: Yeah, that's something, again, I'm going to dig more into as we go throughout the week here. But Alshon Jeffrey doesn't even sound like he's close, You know, not even clear for contact yet, so I wouldn't worry about that. But I'm going to use my third wrong here before we get to Derek on this entire Philadelphia offense chop. You nailed it. I expected Carson Wentz to come out and do a lot better than he did. Aguilar Ertz, it was one of my favorite stacks of the week. We know that didn't work out very well. But, Derek, let's get to you here. Same question if you want to hit on the Aguilar scenario. And then anything here, it's a low total game, uh, only 41, but any excitement for Eagles, Tennessee, DFS-wise?
4: As far as Aguilar's concerned, I'm definitely uh, concerned. You know, uh, we talked about Jordan Matthews coming back and move him outside a little bit. I haven't actually dove into the numbers to see uh, how many slots or how many, sorry, how many snaps he ran out of the slot. But it is concerning, and it's worth noting that uh, the first two games where he saw 10 and 12 targets were both with Nick Foles under center. So, uh now that Carson Wentz is back, I just want to stay away from Aguilar for now. You know, maybe when Jeffrey comes back, that'll push Aguilar back into the slot a little bit more, and, uh, you know, they can bench Matthews. But uh, for now, I'll probably be avoiding him. And they even lined up uh, Dallas Goddard uh, as wide receiver a bit last week. He saw seven targets, caught 73 balls in a touchdown. Not going to be chasing those points. The only interesting play for me here is going to be Zach Gertz. Does sound like they're going to get uh, J.J. and Darren Sproles back. At least that's the indication early in the week. So definitely want to stay away from the running game. And then the Titans—they're just a mess right now offensively. I can't trust anyone. Not sure who's going to be the quarterback. Doesn't sound like going can be able to play. Mariota's not being able to make some of these throws. Uh, I know Corey Davis was uh, a bounce-back guy in terms of air yards, uh, but I just can't do it right now. So for me, the Titans are a full fade.
2: Yeah, I agree on the Titans. I don't mind going back to the Eagles passing game. We've seen it over and over and over, and we always talk about, you know, going back to a, a team or a guy that burns you. And Price went down on Wentz, 6,200 last week, 5,800 this week on DraftKings. And the Titans, 25th through two weeks against the pass, according to DVOA. So I think this could be a sneaky spot to go back to Philadelphia, but I would limit the exposure with that total being so low. All right, next game for us, Houston. My goodness, what, what? – 0-3 for, for the Texans is a shocker, Derek. I, I expected them to be much better. We've seen it in flashes. We, Watson almost hit 400 yards last week. Will Fuller, we know, uh, is getting it done with Watson. But to not have a win yet, kind of shocking. Now they go into Indy, a team that's been all over the board. Some weeks they look good. Other weeks they look like one of the worst teams in the league. So please make sense of this one. Where are we going uh, in this game, Texans and Colts?
4: Yeah, I think this is a potential shootout. I know the Colts defense has been better than we all predicted them to be, but I mean this game has a high total, basically a pick'em. So I think it's a really good spot. Deshaun Watson has yet to have a good game yet; he scored twenty-seven and twenty-nine fantasy points in the last two weeks. and replaying indoors. I still think uh, you can attack this Colts pass defense. And if you look at the last six games that uh, Will Fuller has played with Deshaun Watson, one hundred one yards and a touchdown, one hundred thirteen yards and a touchdown, one hundred twenty-five and two. 62 and one, 57 and two, and 35 and two. He has just been on an incredible tear, and it's not just big plays now. I mean, he's getting uh, peppered with targets. He's already had 20 in the first two games this season. He's considerably uh, cheaper than some of the other, you know, elite wide receivers that we consider uh, each and every week. So I love Will Fuller in tournaments. I definitely like Deshaun Watson, and then you obviously can't overlook uh, DeAndre Hopkins. So I'll definitely be all over the passing game for Houston. Lamar Miller you know he is so cheap but I just can't do it I mean
2: <laughs> that's your guy man yeah. are, you, are you sticking with him because I think you've brought him up every time we do the show so what do we yeah. do with Lamar Miller
4: yeah Miller is my uh version of uh Drake for chop and it just hasn't been working out I don't think I can play him here uh, I'll do the passing game instead as far as the Colts go I mean, luck is dead last in yards per pass. It's by far the lowest of his career. Uh, and I, I just don't really know what to expect from him. I mean, they're it out a lot. And I just, I don't know. I mean, it it will help with this pass rush um, for the Texans, I guess. But I don't think I can play luck right now. The only interesting target here is going to be T.Y. Hilton. Even though his dot has come down considerably, it actually gives him a higher floor. I mean, we're seeing him catch a lot of these uh, shorter balls. Then if you want to go back to Jack Doyle, if he ends up being back, you can look at him. And if not, you can go back to uh, Eric Ebron. A lot of people were saying that you know, his role didn't change with Doyle out, but he actually ran you know, the most routes that he had run all year. So I do think uh, you know, if, it, if he could have caught one of those touchdowns, it certainly would have been a much different story with Ebron's week three. So I, I think the tight ends are in play, and then maybe look at uh, Hilton to bring it back with your Texan stack.
2: Yeah, and Ebron's another one of those guys, falls into that. You know, Uber chalk in week three, burned everybody. Nobody's going to want to go back to the well. So, interesting play here. But both spread here, Chop, pretty high total. Your thoughts, Texans and Colts?
3: Uh, yeah, for Houston, again, it's just a pass-happy uh, attack here, if that's what I want Deshaun, Hopkins, and Fuller, I don't think you can beat them. That's about – you know, it's a, it's a two-man receiving show for that team. Uh, they don't really get the tight end involved or a third wide receivers, and the running back is used very sparingly. So, yeah, Hopkins and Fuller and Watson—I love those plays this week to bounce back and finally get a win. Especially Hopkins, you know, because Fuller's price tag is now creeping up, and Hopkins is actually lowering just a tad bit, but he's clearly the better guy. Uh, on the flip side, I, I think Derek kind of hit on all the major points. It's not a very exciting offense, really. Luck clearly can't get the ball downfield or else they don't pull him from the 50 yard line needing a Hail Mary. Like he can't even get the ball into the end zone from that spot. So he he can't get the ball down. Everything is designed in short, short routes. So yeah, I don't want any luck. Uh, the running back game is a mess. The only guy who would have any interest, just like Derek said, is T Y Hilton. But you know, the problem with T Y now last year, or years past, the upside for – T. he was a great GPP guy because he could bail on you any week. But, boy, he had some m- massive upside. Well, the upside these days with Andrew Luck's arm strength being so bad is, is just not very – I mean, it's just not very voluptuous anymore. So <laughs> oh. I, I, can play, I can play him for PPR to grab seven or eight catches for his 60 yards if he gets in the end zone great. But I doubt he's going to have that ability to hit any home runs anytime soon.
2: And somebody out there one of our great listeners, we got to come up with a chop a uh, little dictionary. Add voluptuous to the exquisite, and what else did you bring to the table? You had another good one.
3: Oh, I have no, I don't know, I don't listen to luscious, the luscious. <laughs> oh, luscious was the was yeah, the so staple a little, of all this
2: little chop <laughs> vocabulary book. So, uh, all right, next game for us here: Buffalo and Green Bay. Buffalo, obviously, shocked the world. We we know all about that one. Now another tough game for them going into Green Bay. And Green Bay, 10-point favorites here, Chop, and they did not look good at all against Washington. Aaron Rodgers, I don't know how he's going to make it through this season. So concerns there. If you're a gambling man, do you go back to the well in Buffalo? I mean, double-digit points, it's a lot in the NFL. Can they possibly do it again here in Green Bay, or was that just a blip on the radar?
3: uh I would it's pretty easy to me at Buffalo is a, a complete fade I, I don't like them in fantasy don't like them uh with the point spread I don't know that I'll play well I probably would play Green Bay minus the 10 but I definitely don't want any I think Buffalo had the perfect storm go for them and they played their best game of the year in that situation and now that we look back on it maybe Minnesota had some things going on before that game that nobody really knew about they got a a key member of their defense in the hotel threatening to shoot people who's on mental evaluation, you know, watch right now. And like, maybe there was things going on that we didn't know about it and that led to a really poor performance that day. So I think Buffalo just got really lucky to do that. I'm not going to count on that twice. Uh, they're a total fade for me. Green Bay, I would go back the backfield complete and utter fade the way they split those carries now. And I think I would be sticking with Aaron Rodgers or Devontae Adams I think the other guys, Cobb, Allison, Jimmy Graham, just all really a far distant second to Devontae Adams. I'm
2: still a big Allison guy, 4700 on DraftKings, and we saw the long touchdown last week. The targets kind of came down, but you know, still a guy getting four to eight targets somewhere in that range at only 4700. I think it's still an interesting play. So, Derek, your thoughts again? Can Buffalo go on the road? Possibly do it again? Any interest in Daly and a Josh Allen? Any of his receivers, and then what are we doing with Green Bay uh, with the concerns about Aaron Rodgers and the three-headed monster at running back?
4: Yeah, did the Bills look good last week? Yes. Uh, did they look like the worst team of football the prior two weeks? Yes. Uh, I'm definitely expecting uh, more of what we saw earlier in the year. Um, I don't, I'm not buying them moving forward. I do think Josh Allen's interesting. Uh, he's a guy that is very good at you know evading pressure, and uh, he already has eight red zone rushing rushing attempts, which is nice. Uh, he's rushed for. 32 and 39 yards over the last two games. So at 5,100 in a game where they're going to be trailing, I don't hate it. Uh, I'm not going to be pairing him up with any receivers or anything, but I don't hate it. As far as Green Bay goes, I don't think they want Aaron Rodgers throwing it around 40 times a game. Uh, with their favored by 10, I do think they're going to lean on that running game. They got three different running backs that they can use. And if they build a lead, I just don't expect you know a ton of passing volume in this one. So not going to be playing Rodgers. Uh, and I know – uh, you guys, uh, well, one of you like Adams, one of you like Allison. I actually like Cobb the best uh, of the three wideouts. He saw 11 targets last week, which led uh, all receivers for the Packers. Only 5100 on DraftKings, but for the most part, going to be playing uh, very few guys from this game, and you know maybe take a shot on the Packers defense.
2: Yeah, I don't hate that call, and it's a good good note you brought up there, Derek, about Rodgers. Not only you know we not want to pass the ball around. If they build a lead, they're taking him out. So if you roster in Rodgers, you may not get four quarters unless it's a competitive game so something to keep an eye on there and an expensive price tag of 6800 it can be lower owned, but if you're not getting all four quarters it may not be worth that price all right Detroit and Dallas Derek we saw the Lions look very good against New England on Sunday night now they hit the road against Dallas who did not look so good out in Seattle so can Detroit keep it going the running game looked good carry on Johnson if they would just give the damn guy the ball i think he could be their their feature running back we'll see what happens this week but pretty good Dallas defense back at home is this one more of a low scoring game that we want to avoid here in Daly?
4: i usually hate targeting players against the cowboys because their main goal is just to you know run out the play clock and uh, you know just get first down slowly and then uh, you know just dominate time of possession but i do like the carry on johnson call only 4400 on draftkings He's ranked third uh, of all running backs in running back success rate and Sean Lee is not expected to play. Uh, The splits for the Cowboys defense with him on and off the field are uh, pretty extreme and if he's going to be out uh, I definitely think it's a good spot for these running backs. Hopefully they give him a little bit more work. Uh, Hopefully they're looking at the same numbers that we are because he definitely deserves to be the number one in Detroit. Uh, The passing offense I mean I'm fine looking at any of the receivers as sort of one-off targets. Don't really want to play Stafford in a Pace down game, but uh, you got Galladay, got Marvin Jones, got Golden Tate. They're all going to get peppered with targets, so may have a little bit of them, a sprinkle of them, uh, if you will. Not on the Cowboys side, this is all Ezekiel Elliott for me. I really like the spot for him. He has a 20% target share uh, at this passing game, um, which is a lot higher than we've seen in the past. Uh, he's had six and eight targets the last two games and you know, really good rushing game last week against the Seahawks. So if they can build a lead, I think it's a great spot for Zeke. This will be the first time all
3: year that I roster him.
2: All right, Chop, let's talk your Cowboys here. Do they get it done here at home against the Lions?
3: Yeah, I think so. I, this is just a classic NFL game to where it's set up. Like We just saw how bad Dallas looked in Seattle, and we just saw how good Detroit looked at home against New England. Now one team goes back home and the other goes on the road, and uh, it just feels like Dallas is going to end up winning this game. But uh, So I, I would play that angle. And But the problem with Dallas and Fantasy, the only guy I think you could play is is Ezekiel Elliott. Nobody else on this roster appears even remotely.
2: Uh-oh. That Without. sounded like a pour one out for somebody's drink there. <laughs>
3: it was, it was not me, so I'm going to guess it was Derek. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> that was me. Yeah, pour one me. out. Pouring one out. I said Elliott, and he poured one out, so I don't know if that bodes well. But <laughs> he's the only guy, man. There's nobody else on that roster that even remotely looks fantasy-worthy. Uh, for Detroit, uh, yeah, I'm kind of intrigued by what they could do here with, with without Sean Lee in the lineup for Dallas. Uh, they do have the weapons in the passing game to beat Dallas, but like Derek said, man, once a team starts to roll with their running game and they and they – you know just like an analogy would be in college last week I was all over Oklahoma against Army like uh, David versus Goliath and like Army gave them like six possessions the whole game like all they did was run the ball and keep the clock moving and get first downs and that high-powered offense just couldn't get on the field and when you do you're out of rhythm so uh, Army forced them in overtime is I think Dallas will do the same game plan here grind it out limit possessions, so as as intriguing as Detroit looks with those pass catching weapons and Matthew Stafford, I don't think they're on the field enough and in enough rhythm to make it worth it. So this may be a hard fade, man. You have to, you know, you got 12, 13 games. You can't really play everybody. Maybe this is a place where I can fade somebody.
2: Yeah. Pretty low total here as well. 43 and a half in most spots. I'll add a little narrative to the mix here. Matthew Stafford went to high school in the Dallas area Highland park, I believe chop. So Maybe he goes back to the big D and puts up some numbers. But for the most part, agree with everything you guys said. Not a ton to like here. I am interested in Zeke and maybe the Dallas defense as a pairing. All right, two games left for us here to break down on part one of the DFS OG's podcast here on Roto-Grinders. Appreciate you guys tuning in as always. Let's get to the next game, Chop. Tampa Bay and Chicago. magic does it continue here? And I don't see how you put this guy back on the bench. Three straight games of 400 yards. We know Jameis Winston is back. Tampa made a valiant effort coming back in that game, just fell short. But now they go into Chicago. You know, maybe the best defense in the league. Khalil Mack, clearly the defensive player of the year in my eyes. So, does the Fitz magic continue here? Is this where things come crashing to a halt?
3: Uh, Before I even get into that game, I have some breaking news. All right,
2: breaking breaking
3: news news to across our timeline. Bill Cosby has been sentenced to three to ten years in prison. Three to cause 10. I would have thought it would be more. I a little bit shocking to me. Three to 10 is a really odd number. Meaning you'll probably get out in about three years and, For what I've heard, he did that's that's pretty low. But Bill Cosby going to prison, so we'll see if we'll see if he survives.
2: Maybe he doesn't last the three years, but that's where he belongs. I was thinking like a
3: hundred years, but he's pretty old, so he might not not make it through them three years. He might not, he might meet a a guy in there named Fat Albert, and Fat Albert might take him to town, if you know what I mean. So, yeah,
2: he will. Fat Albert will be smashing, so yeah, smashing
3: and pounding, (laughs) smashing and pounding. Oh, See, Chicago. let me start off with Chicago uh, the defense I think is in play here they got a really solid defense and I think Jordan Howard is just kind of waiting to erupt he's looking for the right game this could be it uh, and Mitchell Trubisky's really bad so I don't want to roster him and he's bringing down the receivers as of right now but I could still get behind Allen Robinson here if he gets a little bit more time in the slot which I hope he does so Allen Robinson Jordan Howard are my preferred plays right there and on the flip side, Tampa, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fade this offense right. I do – I think Fitz Magic, Fitzpatrick, whatever, Fitztragic, whatever y'all want to call him, like he's going to get one more start. I don't think it's going to go well. And then Jameis is going to get in after that, you know, the next game, which is a couple of weeks from now. So I think they give Fitzpatrick a courtesy start here, but that's going to be it. And I don't want to take any of these guys against this uh, fierce Chicago defense. They really re- redesigned that defense this year. They look really good. So – Maybe I could take a GPP shot on Mike Evans, but these other guys are a hard pass for me.
2: Now, Chop, not only are you our dictionary or thesaurus or breaking news editor, I know you do a little bit of work over at the sharp side team, and this spread seems a little low to me. Chicago minus three at home against Tampa Bay. Is that any concern to you as far as the Bears and playing their guys go?
3: You know, uh, looking at the spread just now, you're right, it does catch my eyes being a little bit lower than what I thought it would be, but – I guess uh for a circumstance like this I like to see and wait and see who who the general public looks like they're they're putting their money on throughout the week. Uh you know, there's a reason why Vegas is, has made the money they do in sports book and that's because the general public is typically not very accurate with their picks. So uh if I see the the general public leaning one way then then maybe it could cause cause concerns for Chicago but Until then, uh, I'll just chalk it up as they didn't want to give a line over three uh, to Chicago. Maybe they don't believe in them, but, yeah, you're right. That does look conspicuously low.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it'll get bet up, but we'll see. And if you're into betting games, go check out the SharpSide app. Uh, Some great information over there. So, Derek, your thoughts here? Fitzpatrick's been great. 400 yards, week in, week out. I don't think that happens here in Chicago, but – I agree with chop. Jordan Howard is probably the guy I want the most here. Keep waiting for that big game. Agree or disagree.
4: Yeah. I'll start with the bucks of all quarterbacks throw for 1200 yards and 11 touchdowns. I did not expect it to be Ryan Fitzpatrick through the first three weeks of the season. Uh, I don't think he's going to repeat it here, but I certainly wouldn't put it past him. Uh, I think I'm with chop. I kind of like the bear side of this game a little bit more. Maybe look at Mike Evans in tournaments. As far as the Bears go, I don't really want to play Trubisky, but I do love Allen Robinson. Uh, The Buccaneers gave up uh, big games to Michael Thomas, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Nelson Aguilar. All three play out of the slot. Now Allen Robinson's going to get to face them. I think it's a great spot for him. Trey Burton hasn't seen a ton of targets, but the Bucs are ranked dead last against tight ends, so you can certainly look at him at 3,900 on DraftKings. And then Jordan Howard, I think it's a good spot for him as well. Anytime they are favored, he's going to get, you know, a bunch of touches. And he's been pretty good uh, catching the ball out of the backfield. Uh, Definitely seems like a good spot for their defense as well, if they can put some pressure on Fitzpatrick. We certainly saw him make a bunch of mistakes against the Steelers, who uh, have a terrible defense. So, yeah, the line does look a little fishy to me as well. Uh, Typically that's not a good sign, but uh, we'll just have to see where all the money is coming in uh, later in the week.
2: Yeah, again, something to keep a close eye on, but that that line will change. I have a feeling, but so far it's locked in at three and it has not moved. All right, let's move on to the last game here in part one, the early games. We have Cincinnati and Atlanta, Derek. Atlanta shootout. You had to have some Atlanta last week. Matt Ryan was amazing. Calvin Ridley, three touchdowns. As far as Cincinnati goes, uh, Gio Bernard. I think this is a tremendous spot for him against Atlanta. We've seen McCaffrey, Camara, and he's not at that level. The point is they struggle against pass-catching running backs. So he's in play. Tyler Boyd, I think a lot of guys in play. What are you doing with this one? Is it the stack of the week, or are there bits and pieces that you're going to fade in this one?
4: Yeah, I definitely like this game quite a bit. You know, I've heard rumors that Mixon could be back this week. I hope hope that's not the case. If uh, he's out, I'll definitely fire up Bernard. In both cash games and tournaments, we saw the Falcons give up 14 catches to Christian McCaffrey in week two, gave up 15 catches to – Alvin Kamara last week, so I think it's a great spot for Bernard. He looked pretty good last week, 61 yards on the ground, uh, caught five of his nine targets. And uh, teams are just funneling, uh, you know, passes to their running backs when they're facing the Falcons. I absolutely love the spot for Geo. As far as uh, the receivers on Cincinnati, you know, apparently the Tyler Boyd thing wasn't a fluke. Uh, I have to wait and see if A.J. Green's going to be able to play. But either way, I think Boyd's firmly in play once again at 4,600 actually might prefer him uh, if A.J. Green ends up uh, playing. So I think Boyd's going to be popular. Uh, I think Dalton's fine, you know, 5,400. Quarterback's generally a position that I try to pay down for, so I certainly don't mind him. Probably not uh, going to be a cash game play for me, but um, maybe a sprinkler or two in tournaments. And then with the Falcons, you can just pretty much play everyone here. Uh, Got to wait and see if Freeman's active. If he's not, we can go back to Coleman. Uh, Julio Jones, it was kind of weird. They ended up uh, you know, moving Lattimore from Jones to Calvin Ridley, <laughs> which was crazy to me. Uh, Ridley had the big game, but he did run the fewest pass routes of the three uh, pass catchers in Atlanta. So I'm still going to buy low on Julio. Hopefully everyone that was burned will jump off. Uh, I think eventually he's going to have that big week. Eventually he's going to start scoring touchdowns. So I'll continue to buy Julio, and I'll continue to tilt uh, on Sunday.
2: Chop, is this guy allergic to the end zone or what? I mean, five touchdowns and Julio can't get one of them. So I agree with Derek, 8,200. I'm going to continue to bang my head against the wall and roll with Julio Jones. So hit on that if you want. I'm going to throw John Ross in there as well. If A.J. Green is out, we saw him get seven targets. I didn't do a lot with him, but he's a guy that's one play away. And I know it hasn't been pretty this season. He looks disinterested, but at 3,300, could be a nice pivot play off the Tyler Boyd ownership. So Chop, the floor is yours here, Bengals, Falcons.
3: Okay, I would say Cincinnati is definitely a spot that I think you could load up on all these guys. Atlanta's defense is is a shell right now with all the injuries that have taken place on them over the first few weeks of the season. So Cincinnati is going to score points here and light it up from a lot of different angles. And, yeah, Giovanni Bernard on paper – is going to be the popular play with mixing out because of all the receptions Atlanta's giving up. But that usually means a guy like A.J. Green sne- snakes in and goes under own and, and lights up the Falcons too. But I think they can do really whatever they want in this game with all those injuries. I'm trying to pull up Atlanta's defensive injuries, and it's pretty long. They just lost another. Ricardo Allen, their safety's now out for the year too, and they had lost Neil already and Deion Jones. So, yeah, they're struggling, man. I would say you could fire up anybody on Cincinnati and feel good about it. And, and the good thing is Atlanta will keep pace with them offensively. Uh, you know, Tevin Coleman, Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan's price tag really isn't jumping up enough on DraftKings. You can still play him, and he's still going to score. They're just not going to run the ball that much. They're going to they're going to have to pass, Atlanta is. So Matt Ryan's going to be a good play. And, yeah, this is where I uh, jump on Julio and maybe – I don't want to say push the lock button, but I feel real good about him this week. Getting a little bit of extra work, considering Ridley caught all the touchdowns, and he's listening to that all week long. And uh, I, I got a feeling Cincy will try to shadow Julio with a very good cornerback. Um, I, what is it? Is it Derek? Is William Jackson? Isn't it the solid cornerback for Cincinnati who has great ratings across the board? I, he's from Houston, I think. So I should know that. But uh, I think he gets shadowed, but. I don't think, I think that's placed to his benefit because I don't think there's a cornerback one-on-one who can shadow Julio anyway. And uh, I think that maybe that's placed to his benefit. People are looking and saying, oh, he's going to get shadowed by this guy who's got this great rating on PFF and on player profiler. And all. when in actuality, Julio Jones will take this kid to school. So uh, I like Julio this week.
2: Yeah. I don't disagree there. Hopefully he can find the end zone, but this total started at a 48. We're up to a 51. So Keep that in mind. This will be the game that I think a lot of people stack, not only because it's the high total, but everyone saw Atlanta win all the money last weekend. So you stack this one, make sure you get creative. But that'll wrap us up for part one of the DFS OG's podcast. Guys, any final thoughts here before we transition into part two, covering the afternoon games, covering the Sunday night, Monday night, and covering some nonsense as well. We're going to get to some interesting user questions this week, as requested, but – Guys, any final thoughts here on part one? Chop.
3: Yeah, I'm looking at these games, and this is uh, just the way we've gone over it. Seems really, really interesting in this first wave of games that there's some spots I really want to target, and there was a lot of spots I looked at and said I could just fade altogether. So I've got a feeling my player pool looks like it's going to be really condensed this weekend, and that's always a good, a good thing.
2: Yeah, don't forget we got a couple teams on by here. So we got less games, less teams. But yeah, definitely a good point is you don't want to spread yourself too thin. We talk about that all the time. We talked about that in our Roto Academy course. So again, if you want to learn more about player selection, you can go check that out. Derek, any final thoughts here? Part one of the OG's podcast for week four.
4: Not much, just want to say thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you on uh, you know the second part of the talk for the week.
2: Yeah. again, what I agree with what he said there. Thank you for listening. As my tongue gets untwisted there, but join us for part two. We'll cover that actually to get answer your questions. But thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate it. For Derek, the top, I'm Beer, and we're up.